Welcome to Props and Hops, powered by Dimers.com. I'm your host, Matt Landis, and this is part two of the Bet Bash bonus series featuring pro better Tommy the Hitman. Tom, welcome back to the show for another round. Happy to be on again. I'm looking forward to being in Vegas this weekend and looking forward to uh, hopefully it's just as good as it was when it was in New Jersey. A little bit of a longer trip for me, but I don't need many excuses to fly out to, to Vegas. Yeah, I'll take the shorter trip this time coming from California after quite the ordeal we talked through at Newark Airport last summer, but this will be a blast in Vegas. And before we dive in too much, I'd love to just set the tone for the unacquainted or for people who could use a bit of a refresher after your previous appearances here, maybe a quick elevator pitch on your background. Yeah, so was a school teacher um, about half decade ago, or a little shorter it was, and I ended up making the jump to betting full-time and giving out content. Um, I do give out picks on pregame.com. You can check out my Twitter, see some um, records, all that stuff. And then I'm doing more content for bet prep, which is um, doing Twitter spaces. They're doing podcasts, a lot of good stuff with some pretty good guests. And yeah, and then other than that, it's it's mostly betting. So NFL is my the only sport that I originate. I do bet everything, but NFL is really my year-round passion. But yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Sounds good. I will say those bet prep Twitter spaces, just a revelation, maybe one of my favorite newer pieces of betting content to come into being in the last few months anywhere in the space. So highly recommend those among everything else you're creating in this space. And as we look at what you're going to have on tap at BetBash, I think it's a bit of a unique dynamic for you this time around, because I know all the networking opportunities can be a gold rush for a pro better such as yourself, but you're also going to be in Vegas with your fiance. So what's the game plan looking like for you to maximize the value on both fronts as a better and as a good partner? <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to have to to pay attention to her, obviously, but you know, I'll, I'll be able to manage it. I got to get a lot of golf in also. So I got, I got a lot of friends out there. I, I lived out there for a short period of time a few years ago. So I have a lot of friends out there, um, a lot of golf to play, a lot of restaurants and places that I want to visit back. My fiance, she wants to visit some of our old places that we used to go to. So it, it'll be a good time. You know, if, well, I'm at Bet Bash. It's easy to, to just pay for a spa day, you know, and say, hey, I'm going to go be with my my gambling buddies and have a good time. So I, I'll be able to manage it. It'll be a, it'll be a good time. There we go. Uh, selfishly, I'm a little bit hopeful that we can work out maybe a meal at Capo's at some point, maybe if she's at the spa. So everybody can be having a good time. But before we're on the ground in Vegas for Bet Bash 2, wanted to see if you had any takeaways that stand out from the first Bet Bash and how that might be informing your approach this time around, or perhaps any tips for first-timers? Yeah, you know, if you're a first-timer, I would say be approachable or, or approach others, be kind, be respectful. If it's somebody that you admire in the space, another pro better that has a big name and everything, um, approach them, all that. But see also, if you 
don't look to get something from them, but see if you can offer them something. Like for example, don't go up to somebody and just say, Oh, can you, uh, can you send me plays or can you send me some tips? We're always going to be happy to, to help out on stuff, but the more you can offer somebody, the more that somebody's going to be willing to work for you. If you ever want to do a partnership or something, I know when I came up, I was a no name. Nobody knew who I was. I wasn't expected. I wasn't going to go to other people, other pro betters and say, hey, can you just start working with me and start sending me stuff? I had to offer them something that gave them incentive to want to work with me. And once they realized that, you know, I was a somewhat sharp guy, they wanted to work with me. And it's there's so many people that have reached out to me that I ended up becoming either a betting partner with or I'll share some stuff with because I re- good betters recognize other good betters. And I can recognize when somebody is plus EV most of the time. And if you have something good to share, you're going to get found. So I would just do my best to network in that way. And as far as the first one goes, it's funny because Twitter, uh, gambling Twitter is kind of a cesspool. Sometimes there's a lot of arguing and just, you feel like everybody hates each other and everything. There's always a lot of, a little bit of drama in it. But when I went to the first one in New Jersey, there was zero drama. Everybody got along very well. I can't say that I had one negative experience with one person that I met there. Like I said, everybody was willing to help each other out, give advice on stuff, answer questions. So I think that just make sure that you're approachable and make sure that you're, you're outgoing and you're able to, to communicate with other people. And I think that you'll be able to have a good time and learn a few things. As you reflect back on the first bet bash, I know that was quite a whirlwind. It was just a few hours, really good time in Jersey City. This time, a few days with quite the agenda for people looking to make the most of every bit of bet bash this time around. I know that between golf and other obligations, you might not be at everything, but are there any sessions that you're particularly looking forward to with this bet bash, you know, three, four day agenda this time around? Um, Yeah, definitely the pool uh, at the Circa. I've only been back to Vegas, I think twice since the Circa opened the pool area and I've heard great things about it. I haven't went personally, but I've heard amazing things. It's going to be sunny out. It's not going to be cold like New Jersey. And I'm sure that's just going to be an absolute blast. So that, that's one event that I'm going to be at. I'm looking forward to it a lot. And um, Monday for the national championship, uh, I just, I'm not a big college basketball guy, but I obviously watch the national championship every year. And I, I will say there's, I very rarely will put in what I call a degenerate bet, which means that I don't have an edge on a bet, but I just bet it to bet it just to be entertained. I, do that only a handful times a year, but the national championship is something that I'll probably do. I'll probably put a bet on it. Even if I don't have an edge, maybe I'll bet a little more than I normally would on something like that. And to be able to sweat it with all the people that are going to be there, there's going to be other pro betters that they believe they do have an edge on the game and they might have 10, 20, $50,000 on it. It, it, it's going to be fun. So I think that the, the, for both games, the final four game at the pool and then the national championship, I, I just think it's going to be an absolute electric atmosphere to watch a game. I, I will probably be the most electric atmosphere other than actually being in a stadium that I've ever experienced. So th- those are the two that I'm personally really looking forward to. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you because I don't do a ton of college basketball betting, but brackets are a really fun way to get involved and get a little skin in the game this time every year. But this time around, across all my brackets, I basically had Gonzaga, Kentucky, and Arizona. And when the three odds-on favorites all failed to advance past the Sweet 16, it's a little deflating, but it's going to be really fun at least to feel that electric atmosphere you spoke to at Stadium Swim at Circa during the Final Four between Duke and UNC, and then again in the VIP section of the Circa Sportsbook during the title game. So yeah, I think I'll be making one of those bets with you. Maybe we can sweat something out together with no edge whatsoever, which is quite a departure for both of us. But, you know, that's what a lot of people do. And, you know, we like to just try to find edges if we're going to make a bet. But sometimes just being human and enjoying that whole dynamic can be a big part of the experience as well. There's going to be some other sharp bettors there. There's going to be people that really know college basketball. I'll probably, you know what, I'll probably ask around. And I, Brad, I know Brad Powers is going to be there. He's a very sharp college basketball guy. A lot of other sharp guys there. I'll probably ask around and just say, hey, what do you like tonight? I'm And put a bet on what they say. So I guess maybe that's a way to maybe get a little edge. But as we know, in the national championship game, 30 minutes before the game, there's probably not going to be much of an edge when Circa is probably taking like 200 grand on the game. But I'll, I'll try to do the best that I can. I like it. Turning the tables a bit, you probably get asked daily during the football season, hey, who do you like in this game? What do you like on this prop? And now you can be that guy for a change, maybe picking up an edge from somebody in your network. And as we look at the Final Four, again, knowing that neither of us are major college basketball betters, do you have any thoughts at all when it comes to Villanova, Kansas and UNC Duke from a matchup standpoint? Who might win the championship? Or are you just kind of there to be part of the crowd is maybe more of a recreational better in this particular case? I wish I could give you something, but I would say on the four teams combined, I can probably name the two coaches and two coaches and zero players probably. So, so I, I can't, I can't give much. I'm, I'm going to leave that to the experts on that, but I'll probably, you know, I know everybody is probably going to root against Duke because they're anti coach K and anti Duke. But when I grew up, i when I was in a fantasy world at 10 years old, thinking that anybody could play for Duke University, play basketball, not knowing that I had zero chance of doing it. But I always was like, when I would play the video games and everything, I would create myself and put myself on Duke. And that would be the school that I said I played basketball at and everything. So I'll, I, I kind of like Duke growing up. So I'll probably end up rooting for them. But as far as betting comes, I'm uh, the absolute last person to ask anything related on the final four. Yeah, a lot of similarities on my end. I'll just say instead of Duke, the Californian in me would take the Stanford side of things. I remember when Mark Madsen was there and um, <laughs> Mark Madsen, what a character when he was with the Lakers and they yeah. won titles. He, he stole the show at some of their parades. Uh, that was about the extent of his NBA highlights, but at Stanford, uh, he was great. And just growing up, you know, what you were doing with Duke, that was my rooting interest in Stanford. Of course, only one of those schools left standing in this year's tournament. Uh, so we'll see if Duke not only playing in the final four, but also still competing to cut down the nets on Monday in the national championship game. Tom, one area where I know you can provide some value as a pro better who specializes in the NFL. We've got the draft coming up, the market slowly but surely starting to develop. Any angles or advice that you'd like to share with the audience when it comes to betting on the NFL draft? Yeah, uh, typically I think that it's smart to wait to bet the draft 
And the reason is, is because you're going to get a lot of the, the good information that typically will come out the days leading up to the draft, like especially on medical stuff. Uh, but one thing that I will say is if you're going to do that and wait closer to the draft, you just have to make sure you know what sources to trust and what guys typically don't have accurate reporting. And I'm not going to give away a list of people that I think do a good job and people that I don't pay much attention to. But if you can do that and come up with a, a, a process with that, then you're probably going to make some money on it. So I think that be patient because there's going to be some great bets. I mean, I can think to one uh, last year, um, I played Jamar Chase under his draft position basically betting that he would go to the Bengals. And I liked it to begin with. And I remember the, to the, the draft about two hours before the draft, there was reports. Oh, well, he's wearing uh, Bengal colored shoes to the NFL draft. And just logically thinking about that, I liked the under to begin with. And I'm thinking to myself, well, he's best friends with Joe Burrow, who's the Bengals quarterback. He's wearing Bengals colored shoes to the draft, I would think that Jamar Chase is pretty freaking confident that he's going to end up, that Joe Burrows told him something, hey, you're probably going to end up a Bengal. So stuff like that, that's an extreme example on what could happen, but stuff always comes out and you just got to be attentive and, and ready to capitalize on it. When it comes to the information, knowing that it would be unfair to ask you to divulge any specific names that you particularly do or don't pay attention to. As far as the process goes, if somebody's just looking to put in some of that work on their own, do you have any tips maybe putting together Twitter lists, beat reporters for certain teams or national reporters, people with certain networks? Um, just any general directional tips if somebody does want to put in that work on their own to uh, try to get to a point where they're ready to strike when the right information comes out. Yeah, you said it. Twitter lists podcasts with respected NFL draft guys, uh, beat writers, you, you pretty much nailed it. Just soaking in as much information, being on Twitter, being on the, the sites and just soaking in as much information as possible. It really is, you know, the, the draft really is the number one event where the harder you grind, the more you're going to win. And it's funny because like for the, for an NFL week, for an NFL week two, I could grind like crazy and I could lose. And somebody that has no idea what they're doing, they could win. For the NFL draft, if you really do grind, it's nearly impossible to lose if you do put in the work. So it really is one of the few events that I feel that if you, the harder you work, all, almost all the time, the more you're going to be rewarded. I'll note Twitter lists, podcasts for people looking to figure out this process. A couple of specific podcasts, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah. If somebody's trying to pay attention to this uh, from a betting standpoint, probably just subscribe, listen to every episode. Also, it seems like Establish the Run has some market moving power. So listen to what those guys are saying. Even if you don't agree with everything, sometimes if you listen to a 30 or 45 minute episode, and take away one nugget, it can put you onto a bet or sometimes more valuable, keep you off of a bet. You know, that can be well worth the entire listen. So I would say that those two, among plenty of other podcasts and Twitter follows, probably part of a savvy NFL draft betters arsenal. And Tommy, as we look beyond the draft to this coming season, 
this has been such you know a crazy offseason already in terms of trades and the free agency frenzy. Any top line betting takeaways uh, beyond the draft as we look at the you know the markets that exist at this stage for the 2022 NFL season? Um, you said the markets for the sorry, I was getting a message about about a pet. You said the markets for the upcoming season. Have I done? Yeah, anything? so so not not just keeping the draft in our sites in late April, but knowing with a lot of the player movement that we've seen, you know, Super Bowl futures, uh, conference winners, division winners, regular season win numbers aren't really out yet. But is no. there anything that you found to be actionable at this stage? Gotcha. It's funny, you know, work never sleeps. Your phone blows up at the most inopportune times when you're betting. Uh, it always happens. Whenever I go on a golf course, I won't be busy for three hours. And the first, as soon as I take my first tee shot, seven messages come in about a play we need to make, but um, I'll go back to the NFL draft. I did dabble with some regular season wins, but I'm still trying to get a little more down because it's only available at one or two more, one or two bucks. So I I don't want to give it out right now, but um, NFL draft, I I did give out my first draft prop out to people. And that was Kyle Hamilton over six and a half. Now, I literally gave it out probably an hour before we recorded this. It was getting bombed everywhere. DraftKings, uh, Camby, FanDuel. It was getting bombed within five minutes because it's just a market that is, it takes, it only takes five, six bets sometimes from people. And they could be $50, $100 bets where books are going to start aggressively moving off of it. So it's probably six and a half. I I don't think it's probably going to be available when this podcast comes out, but it has wiggle room in my opinion, seven and a half, honestly, eight and a half. I would have considered playing as well. And um, one of the sources, one of the guys that you mentioned, Daniel Jeremiah, who everybody, everybody knows cats out the bag. He's great with the draft. He has a lot of reliable sources. He came out and he said that he thinks that Hamilton might slip in the draft. And then at Hamilton's pro day, it was reported that he ran four, seven and, you know, I know he has great ball instincts. They say he's a great tackler, great leader, all that stuff. But safety is a devalued position as far as the NFL draft goes. Safeties typically do not go very high in the draft. And if you're running a 4-7, it's probably not going to happen for him. But I would probably bet that he'd probably end up falling out of the top 10 if I had to guess right now. So Kyle Hamilton over six and a half. Seven and a half, eight and a half, if you have it, I think it's still going to be worth a bet. And knowing that it ultimately does all come down to the number, as you think about, you know, six and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half, is there a general ballpark for the VIG attached to each of those slots that you would say, okay, this is the price ceiling to make the bet or go ahead and pass? Um, You know, I I don't have an exact number. I mean, at six and a half, I was laying 120, probably. I would have I would have laid higher than that if I if I was forced to though. So seven and a half, eight and a half, probably in that same general area, maybe one forty, I would go up to. But one thing about the draft is I'm always willing to lay more juice in the draft when I think that some of the information out there is good. I'll give you an example. Just the other day, I laid minus five hundred on Trayvon Walker to be the first Georgia player taken in the NFL draft. I believe it's got pulled and it was only available at one book. It was draft Kings, but um, at minus 500, it's just a bet. You could very reasonably be the first pick, second pick, third pick. And there's just not another guy that 
is going to probably even crack the top 10 out of other Georgia players. So uh, I think that the draft is the one event that you will see me laying big juice um, leading up to the draft. That reminds me of last year. One of my favorite props was under five and a half quarterbacks. And again, this market numbers can vary a lot. There's not, you know, the Don best green, like we'd see for point spreads and totals over the course of a regular season. I think, Within days of the draft, it was as low as minus 400 at some shops, I think north of 600 at other shops. And even then, that can be an uncomfortable upfront risk for a lot of bettors. But if you just do the probabilistic thinking and say, okay, I mean, if it's if it's minus 400, that's basically telling you 80% of the time or better, it has to cash in order to make this profitable. And if that's, you know, if you've got 90% plus confidence on an 80% break-even probability, that's value that you just don't find during the regular season. Um, so I'm right there with you. A lot of times it can seem like laying much more than minus 110, very off-putting to a lot of bettors. But some of the best value you can find will be at some of those more extreme price points for an event like the draft. For sure. Kind of kind of said it better myself. If the information is good, then, I mean, if Daniel Jeremiah says, hey, um, a player, it, I believe a player is going to fall to the second round maybe let's say late second round and they have a price. Will he be a first round pick? You know, it doesn't have to be minus minus one ten both sides. Like if he says that there's probably a 80, 90% chance that that's going to happen. So why wouldn't you lay minus two fifty, for example? So yeah, for sure. Don't be afraid of a uh, big juice when the proper situation arises in the draft. Absolutely. That might tie in to this next question I wanted to ask you as I have people on for this bet bash bonus series. I would love to get your thought on, you know, I think of it as asking what's your superpower. That seems to be like the in vogue way to say it these days. Basically what you think you do best, obviously you're finding a lot of success as a pro better right now. And, you know, everybody can't be the best in the world at everything. So when you think about what really separates you from a lot of the others with the success that you have, what would you say, uh, for lack of a better term, would be your superpower as a better? NFL props and grinding. And when I say grinding, it's not, I don't have an algorithm. I'm not, I'm for the furthest thing in the world from the smartest person in the entire world, but I do work and I do grind. And um, I'm constantly reading, I'm constantly researching, I'm constantly surrounding myself with people or subscribing. To people that I know provide good content that I can use their content to formulate an educated opinion. So that that would probably be it be it for me. It would just be being able to outwork people. And you know, it it's easy to do when you're young, and which I'm young right now, even though I just turned 30, so I feel a little bit older, but it's easy to do when you're young and you don't know how many years down the road, once you have kids and everything that you're going to be able to grind like that. So it's a, it's a young man's game in my opinion. And I'm just trying to, to capitalize on it right now. So I would say uh, just working hard the grind and when, and that's mostly um, towards NFL props, NFL sides and totals I do well on, but it's a way harder market to beat. And there's a lot of smart people that are betting a lot more money than I am in that market. So props would probably be number one, the, the market that I've been able to capitalize on. Obviously, it does get tough sometimes getting down 
on props, but being able to network, being able to be approachable and being able to, to have people partner up with you and everything, that, that's a, a key component to doing well in this also. So that would probably be what I would say about myself. I like to focus on grinding because no matter where anybody is, if you consider the arc of their sports betting journey, that's something that is attainable for everybody just to apply themselves and to work hard. And at the same time, you touched on people who maybe they have a family and a full-time job that occupies a lot of their time. So they just know that realistically, they can't grind as much as somebody like you. Uh, So for recreational bettors, in that type of position who are still looking to maximize their ROI over time and develop into the best bettors they can be. Does anything else come to mind if I were to ask you the most important skill in betting? Well, it's, pro- it's probably money management. Everybody says money management though. And we, we know that that's true, but like one of the more under the radar things that I think is important is just having good social skills And that means being able to communicate, being able to work with other people, because I say all the time, if I had to do this by myself, I I just wouldn't do it because one, it would be too much work where I would drive myself crazy. But two, I wouldn't get some of the information and some other smart people's opinions, plays sent to me. I wouldn't be able to get down at most of the books that I bet at. So I think just being a sociable person that has good social skills, being able to work with others, communicate, all that, that is, and as we always say, network, which Bet Bash is a great time to network. That is probably one of the, the, the most important thing that I would say. And if we're talking about being sociable, let's talk about the social lubricant and weave the hops into this conversation, as well as the Malinsky Minute, two pillars of props and hops. The late, great David Malinsky, not only legendary as a better, but when it came to finding the best places in Vegas for dining and drinking, he had an encyclopedic knowledge. And to that end, maybe in terms of experiences not formally part of Bet Bash, are there any food and drink experiences that you're looking to take advantage while you're out in Vegas? So the last time we talked, I mentioned Capo's Speakeasy. That was on Bar Rescue. You can look up the episode. That That's a very solid spot, very reasonably priced off the strip. Um, I'll go with not so reasonably priced, but a good experience um, at the Bellagio right on the fountain. They have a steakhouse. And the first time I ever went to Vegas, I went to this steakhouse. Cause so I kind of always remember, and I've went back there a few times, but they have a steakhouse called prime steakhouse. Well, so, I mean, it's expensive, is it the best steak in the entire world? No. Is it very good? Yes. Is it maybe a little overpriced? Yes, but it's in Vegas, so you're going to overpay for a lot of things. But it's the the atmosphere there is great. But try, make sure that you ask for the outdoor seating because they have maybe 10 outdoor tables that you could get where you are sitting where the Bellagio fountain is going off every 15, 30 minutes whatever the, the time schedule is on that. So, I mean, as far as atmosphere, eat, eating a great steak dinner on the Bellagio Fountain, it's a, a great move that I would recommend everybody to do once, especially if you're there with a significant other that you're trying to impress and get on their good side, is I would definitely uh, think about going to Prime at the Bellagio. 
All right, well, I'm guessing if there's an evening session at Bat Bash where we don't see you, probably an easy guess now where you will be with your fiancé in town as well. And I love it. Value not just on the betting boards, but in life well beyond sports betting as well. Tom, I want to thank you for the time and make sure that people know where they can follow you and find your work if they're not already up to speed on Twitter at Hitman428. Also an NFL sharp with bet prep, and you can find his work at pregame.com. Anything I'm missing or anything else you'd like to add? No, you got it. I'm, I'm just looking forward to this weekend. Uh, anybody that's going to be there, please approach me, ask me que- questions, whatever. I'm always looking to, to talk to other people and meet other people. So it, it should be a good time and make sure that everybody uh, makes it worth it to them and accomplishes what they want to accomplish. So looking forward to it this weekend. Well said. And on that note, that'll do it for this episode of the Bet Bash bonus series here on Props and Hops, powered by Dimers.com. If you've enjoyed this conversation, I'd recommend checking out the Dimers Podcast Network at Dimers.com slash podcasts to optimize your gambling content consumption. And we'll keep the series rolling tomorrow, shifting gears a bit from pro bettors to a household name in betting media. But Tom, for now, want to thank you, as always, for the time and insight. Look forward to raising a glass together in Vegas in just a few days. And you can bet old fashioned's going to be on me. <laughs> Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Props and I-